Welcome to another fantastic episode of Tickle.Life's podcast. <laughs> I'm your hostess, Gaia Morissette, and today I have a fabulous guest who's going to take us on an adventure. So, awesome guest, introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, I'm Elsa Kepi, and uh, I'm also a collaborator on Tickle.Life, so a supporter of this whole platform. And I'm actually a somatic sex educator and a, a women's empowerment coach. So um, I was really excited about uh, having the opportunity to um, participate in um, this new podcast endeavor. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to have you on. And this is not the first time we have interacted. So that's the, you know, sometimes we get a guest where it's like the very first time I've ever met the guest, but I've already played with her before. <laughs> so, <laughs> So there might be some more familiarity. Okay, so the first thing I always ask all of my guests, do you sleep in the nude or do you sleep with pajamas on? That's a really good question. And if I said both, would that be a good answer? <laughs> like I start off with pajamas because I'm always cold when I go to bed and then like halfway through the night they come off and then the rest of the night is nude, so. <laughs> I'm all about best of both worlds, so what I <laughs> all works out all right are you a, a panty wearer or a commando definitely wear panties don't like the commando feeling <laughs> excellent so what story are you going to tell us so i am going to reach back into um my past experience and it kind of feels like a past life almost at this point but i did spend um 18 years uh, as a muslim and I spent six of those years living in Morocco. And during that time, um, my, my then husband and I decided to have a co-wife. And so we went through the entire process of that. And I, I thought the piece that, that many people kind of are interested in is like, how do you cope with that? And, and the, and the okay, well, memory- Hold on, before we get into that, all right, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so let's, so everybody who's listening, okay, so let's talk about, um, what does it mean to be from a in a Muslim Muslim with co-wife? What does that mean? Like, give me a give us some backstory around that. Like yeah, so as a, as in the Quran, it's specified that you can have up to four wives for each you know each man, and uh, theoretically, my understanding and I studied Islam during my time as a Muslim. From my understanding. Um, it was because as the end of the world was drawing closer, there would be more women than men in the world. So it was a kind of a supportive necessity for men to have the care of more than one woman. And so, um, yeah, so you could have up to four wives. It's, uh, it's definitely not as easy as just going out and getting married again. It was a process. It took about a year, even in a Muslim country like Morocco. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. but yeah. Okay. So, so you're in Morocco, you're Muslim, you're married, you're going to take, so how did that conversation happen about taking a second wife? Like how did that even, cause so let's give, uh, for the audience, can we give a background of you became Muslim? So what were you raised as, where were you raised? Like give you a little bit of backstory here. Yeah, I was raised in Canada and I, I was mostly raised as a Quaker, which um, 
people think of as being really strict. I don't know if it's a really strict religion, but there was a, you know, a particular spiritual quest, you know, to have this closeness with spirit. So I think I always felt that, that as a personal, you know, um, search. And uh, I met my uh, husband at the time in in circus performing and he was wanting to get back to practicing his religion more he was a born Muslim and you know I was uh, had this spiritual bent and I think that you know I was drawn into Islam because of the many wonderful things that are part of Islam um, as a religion so you know that was kind of how I got into that okay beautiful all right so you're married. How's the conversation? You're hanging out. And who brings up, let's get a second wife? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> what happens? Well, you know, I think it happens, yeah, it happens in many different ways. I think in, in, in our particular relationship, as many of you know, relationships are difficult. We had four children in a row within five years. Um, and time with each other was non-existent. And I think that, uh, you know, I picked up a book, uh, an Islamic book about um, polygamy and having other wives. And I read about um, these two cousins that were sharing a husband and, you know, were, were telling their story. And, you know, I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. Like, who wouldn't want another wife around the house, right? <laughs> to help with all the, the work that women do, you know, rightly or wrongly. Um, you know, so I think it started by that curiosity and by the feeling that I could, I was struggling to fulfill the set roles of a wife, a mother, a sex partner, a, you know, a confidant, like it was too much. And I, I think it came from that. Okay. So you bring it up. How's your, how's your husband handle it? What is he, his thoughts on it? Well, you know, I mean, I'm going to say, how do you think most men handle that? They're pretty friggin' happy if someone says, hey, would you like to have another wife? And I think, um, you know, he was, he was always uh, really happy to see my piety come out because to him and, you know, looking back, he was, he was narcissistic. He wanted to to look good and and it, he looked good if I was acting the part well and if I offered him another wife and that, that had many kids and was uh you know dressing in a burqa which I did all those things he looked good and 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 also you know he gets to have what he thought of at the time as the benefits of another wife mm -hmm. okay so what happens so I think uh we actually um looked uh discussed it a couple of times and it didn't really progress it's um you know find like deciding to have another wife and finding a woman that's willing to be the other wife is also a challenge it's not the ideal you know picture that women have of oh yeah i want to get married oh let me join this already established <laughs> couple and family so, um, you know, a couple of people we talked to didn't work out. And um, so we kind of tabled it for a while until um, we were living in Morocco and we lived with his parents and his mother had a stroke. And that was on top of all the other stuff I was dealing with. And I just was kind of like, you know, can we get a, a, a maid, you know? And he was like, well, I can't have a woman in the house that isn't that I'm not married to. Um, and again, rightly or wrongly, that was 
how he framed it. And so, you know, we began again to discuss it. And uh, this um, woman, younger woman that lived next door uh, was willing to entertain the possibility. And so we began the process of going through the courts um, to, to create that opportunity. Okay, so then what happens? <laughs> so you find the woman, she agrees. Now, you know, you, you talked about going through the courts to, to make that into a reality. What happens next? Well, as you can imagine, like it took about a year, like I said, to actually go through the process, put in the application. You've got to prove that you have the finances to support another wife. You've got to prove that you have a place for her to live. You've got to prove that. And here was the difficult piece for me. I had to go eventually in front of the judge and say, I'm not enough for my husband. He needs another wife. So how did that feel? And that, you know, that was a uh, still kind of, I'm like, oh, whenever I say that, because it's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, um, I think at the time you just get swept up in the whole, this is the process and I'm going to go through the process. I think having spent a decade working on it. I've actually written a book about the whole process that is going to be published next summer. And having worked through all of that, now looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was not, that was not really what I was feeling. And, and that wasn't how I wanted to, to phrase that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but by that time, like I said, we didn't have the perfect marriage. And in some ways it was like, maybe this will fix it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so what goes on next? <laughs> well, she came over, you know, she lived near us. She came over quite often to kind of help Did her. Did you like her? You know, here's the weird thing about other like co-wives, at least my experience. Yes, we actually were really good friends on a certain level, but there was always these pieces where it was like you couldn't talk about without feeling like you hated them right like you didn't want to talk about the sex you didn't want to talk about the the intimacy or you know where you know any of that or who who the, the husband had texted first I mean that came up a lot too right who who got to buy a new outfit first who did that but honestly on a day-to-day -day level she came over she helped me with the housework we'd sit and have coffee together we'd talk about what we were going to cook for dinner that night you know um my my husband our you know her potential future husband or fiance was happier when both of us were there because none of the personal issues that come up between a couple came up because there was another person in the room so you know on a on a large scale it kind of made things um quite nice and easy mm -hmm. okay so so it goes forward. What happens? What happens on the wedding? Tell me how this how this happens. You know, because this is very fascinating. This is a very fascinating story. Um, I have lots of experience in polyamory, and you know, from the sexual stands of non-monogamy. But this is like a whole other world. So I'm like super curious. I'm like, tell me more. I'm like, how does that work? Yeah, it's quite different from polyamory because, um, you know, as a woman in this in this setup of polygamy, at least in the Islamic way, you know, you were meant to keep yourself for your husband only. Um, you know, there was 
never because we didn't go there there was never any intimate or sexual connection between me and the other wife which people ask me all the time mm-hmm. you know would there have been if I had been in you know knowing what I know now and in this as a you know possibly yeah there was a couple times where you're you're doing things together and you know I I'm kind of hetero flexible if you will so I could I could see that but because there was so such a you know a constraint around the relationship it was like you are the wives and here's the husband and you get one night and she gets one night and that's how it works and um so it was never really uh, it was never really an equal thing it was more about we're sharing a husband mm-hmm. um which is quite a different feeling yeah i can imagine yeah and i think um you know in a lot of ways <laughs> my husband probably didn't realize that he was opening a can of worms because by having another, like another wife that knew him intimately, now we could communicate about our issues with him. <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's like having a girlfriend that's like really knows your boyfriend, right? Like, it's like, Oh yeah. And he did that to you too. Really? <laughs> so, um, I think it started to kind of, um, he could no longer control you know, his, our view of him, because now we could talk to each other. And I think that did start to happen. And, you know, moving forward, that was probably uh, the unraveling of our particular uh, polygamous relationship. You know, I did meet another Sheikh actually from Kuwait came and he had four wives and he was a lovely man as far as I knew and managed them very well. So I think a lot of a lot of what the men don't realize is that having more wives is um, demanding of them to grow as a person. Way more work. (laughs) Yes, way more work. Way more work. Yeah. Okay, so tell me what happens on wedding night so how does the wedding go where like what happens you know when the the second marriage happens so they didn't really have like a wedding per se we didn't really have a wedding in islam quite a lot you just you go in front of the sheikh you say you both agree to marry each other and that's kind of the ceremony okay but um there it was a thing for uh you know for the husband to take the wife on a three day I think for subsequent wives it was three day honeymoon uh, or three nights to spend with them you know in a row because obviously you can't jump into one night one night right away you got to give give the new wife a chance to get to know her husband and um, so that you know that I hadn't really got wrapped my head around that particular piece in going through all the court process and just kind of looking at it from, oh yeah, I'm going to have someone help me in the house and do these things. I hadn't really put it together with the, oh yeah, they're going to go like have a honeymoon for three days. I didn't even have a honeymoon when I got married. (laughs) So that was a bone of contention right there. And, um, you know, in, because we were doing that in Morocco and, you know, my husband wanted to have everything look right. He arranged to take her to a hotel for three days um nearby and that was kind of you know was it really hit home and um you know as I kind of was like went up to the roof and watched them drive off it was <laughs> it was quite an interesting feeling of so, like, what were the, so let's talk about those feelings yeah let's get let's get into that stuff so what were the thoughts what were the feelings well honestly just a a, a great sense of loneliness um 
having lost something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think really, it wasn't really still there anyway, because there'd been, you know, issues in our relationship anyway, but it was like a, a real right in your face. Wow. Okay. Then I am now, you know, a wife and mother without any of what I thought was going to be my experience of being in a marriage. And so, yeah, it was just a kind of feeling of the whole world kind of shifting under my feet. And um, a lot of the support that I'd felt a little bit of, you know, having been in, you know, you you get married, you think, okay, we're gonna help each other and, you know, do this life together, just kind of disappeared, I think. And um, that was my experience. And yeah, I think just, it was hard not to feel jealous. Cause like I said, we had never done, um, you know, done a a honeymoon or things like that. And, um, you know, just because now she was Moroccan and her family expected that it was something that he would do. And I think it, it sets up that, yes, there was a lot of petty jealousies going on. You know, I, I remember having this huge, like half a day I was so enraged because I couldn't find a cake pan and Mm -hmm. she borrowed it and put it in her downstairs apartment she lived downstairs for me in the end and locked the door and gone to the market or something and I was wanting to make a cake and she had my cake pan and it was like this cake pan represented like everything like you have my life my husband my everything and now you have my cake pan too it's like what um so yeah, there were times like that where it just felt overwhelming kind of, um, you know, real difficulty. And it was a constant challenge to bring yourself to the, I have, I'm sharing my husband, I'm sharing my life with, with someone else. And is it, what happens? It's, it's fast. So how long does this go on for? uh you know are are you still in it what's what give us the Mm -hmm. fast forward of what goes on and well in our case um like I said it was uh it was an interesting I mean my mother-in-law so my husband's mother ended up dying and my husband ended up going back to England so interestingly my co-wife and I ended up living together for another two years in Morocco with my kids and with our husband not even there. (laughs) So in our case, it was kind of all of a sudden, like both of us had lost this thing. And so we bonded in a way over that and almost became like we were a couple. Like I went to work, she stayed home. That was how we arranged the finances and the work. Um, And, you know, for two years that went on. you know, and we, we both, I think, really tried in our own ways to kind of wrap our head around, like, where does our husband fit in this? <laughs> you know, he's kind of set this all up and then disappeared. <laughs> so in my case, um, that was, that was a super interesting thing. And, you know, more and more resentment and jealousy came up. I was supposed to give her her allowance because I, you know, I was there and I was working well that wasn't part of the plan. She didn't want me to give her money. She wanted her husband to give her money and she didn't want to have to, you know, come to, she wasn't, didn't sign up for that. And neither did I. And I think, you know, there was a lot of like, she'd be cleaning my apartment and, and notice that I 
had like new underwear I think happen one time she's like oh so you get to have you know new clothes and where's mine and stuff like that and I think um, the resentments just started building up and after a couple of years I decided to leave Morocco with my kids probably on the brink of a breakdown I would say mm. and um, I came back to Canada my my parents you know I moved in with them with four kids for a year to get myself sorted out and um just left and uh you know the other wife I, I I feel like she felt more betrayed by me than by our husband in a lot of ways because we actually were the ones that kind of held the family together and so that breakup was probably worse than anything else mm. which is not what I would have expected at all um, you know, so it led to lots of, lots of other things, but she still lives in Morocco. She ended up with a son by our husband. I think they're still married on paper. I don't think they really spend much time together. Uh, and I have moved on with my kids and my life, um, here in Canada again. And that's kind of how, it and I have left, actually left Islam as well. So that whole period of my life is kind of bookended <laughs> and um you know said thank you very much for the experience and moving on but uh yeah so what's one thing that uh you wish you had known before you yeah that's a really good question um i mean the the kind of work i do now with women is actually to really like feel that integrity feel your intuitive sense know who you are and what and you know give credence to what you're actually feeling mm -hmm. i think i would have wanted a mentor to just sit me down and go you're not really in love with this person you're not really a hundred percent into this um you're just putting yourself aside to keep trying to make something work that isn't working and you're grasping for something that's not there and and you know you're not happy like so let's let's focus on that and i think that would be you know in any relationship you know poly polygamous single like you want to really look at are you abnegating yourself from this relationship and just you know playing a role because you think somehow that's gonna make life better. I don't think it ever makes life better. You know, I think you need to show up with your authentic self. And I think, you know, that's what I wish I'd had more mentorship with that rather than, you know, oh, a good Muslim woman does this. Oh, a good, you know, wife does this. Oh, a good, this, you know, mom does this and trying to fill all those roles. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, all right. So, how can people spend, what are you doing in the world these days? And how can people spend more time with you? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Like I said, this um, particular kind of part of my life uh, as a Muslim, I've, I've written a book. It's a memoir about that part. Uh, it's coming out next uh, September, 2021 from OC Publishing. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So my, my coaching website is- Hold on, wait, 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 wait. What's okay. the name of the book? The so name people of the book can find it. <laughs> Neil, you're the first one I'm talking to about this. Okay, the name of the book is By the Light of the Crescent Moon. Beautiful. Yeah, and it's just about that time as a Muslim and all of the, the inner yearnings for love, really, um, that we all go through, I think, as people, as human beings. 
So yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I really, if people are interested in this particular story. And then other than that, I, I have many coaching programs and aspects to my coaching. Um, pleasureforhealth.com is my website and um, you can reach me through there in, in different ways. Um, I'd love to hear from uh, anyone that watches or has anything to do with tickle.life because they're such cool people. And um, it's true. Do, we are. We're super cool, right? Super cool. <laughs> and I do really resonate with, um, you know, with people from these other cultures like, you know, India and Africa, North Africa, you know, um, the Arab states, just because of my experience and living in that type of other culture, I feel mm. called to sort of try to, to mesh that understanding of other cultures and how those other cultures really shape our understanding of relationships. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. So, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, Shakun and Tickle.life for sure. Beautiful. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for risking and vulnerability and sharing. Um, you know, it was wonderful. And for anybody who wants to spend more time with me, you can reach me at GaiaMorissette.com. And don't forget to go spend more time at Tickle.life. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Mwah!